Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our lovely co-host, Kyle. Kyle and I are going to be discussing a topic. I know what this topic is. I'm going to let Kyle tell you what it is. We're going to debate this topic vigorously, and by the end of a hopefully compact episode, we will have a definitive Top Ten of that thing. Kyle, what are we talking about this week? All right, Mike. Yeah, as you alluded to, we will be doing a top 10. I have formatted it into a top 10 list. I don't know how much re-ranking we will do, but in keeping with previous episodes of this nature, I will be I put together a ranking of the top 10 episodes we've most fucked up in the last <laughs> like 20 or so episodes. <laughs> so, this is Mistakes Pod numero 4. We've screwed up enough times that we now have four podcasts completely dedicated to how we've disappointed our our listenership yeah i kind of like that you're the chronicler of all the ways we've screwed up i like to think of myself as the cheery co-host yeah although i will say for the listeners uh you're not privy to the pre-episode conversations typically this took a real dark turn before this episode so i think it was fitting that kyle and i were discussing some really depressing shit Right before talking about all the ways that we've disappointed you. This is actually an uptick in the cheeriness of our conversation. Yeah, I, I, I will just, I don't get into what we're talking about because it really was dark, but uh, it's the, <laughs> we're recording this at the end of May, and w- this is the day after we found out that MLB, I don't know, icon, I guess you would say, Bill Buckner passed away, and we really, we kind of really spiraled from there, so... This this will be a step up in positivity for our days, and probably a step down in positivity for your days. Well, so we'll meet we'll meet you somewhere in the middle. I feel like people probably enjoy in general these episodes because it's fun to probably hear us talk about how dumb we are, and it's probably, <laughs> probably. also fun to hear yourself shouted out like, "Oh, I I was the one that pointed out how stupid these guys were, and now I made it into an episode." That's a good point. I do always feel validated when. I find out I was right about something, and yeah. the audience will be learning that, as usual, it's correct in thinking we're dumb. I'm pretty sure these are Quinn's favorite episodes. Unquestionably. <laughs> Unquestionably. More than his own. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I doubt he even listened to his own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in order from least fucked up to most fucked up, Okay, so we're going by episode, like, the the entirety of the episode, yeah. how much we screwed it up? Okay, yeah. all right, I like that. So, you might be surprised to hear that number 10 is uh, the episode that we had Shelby on with Disney mm-hmm. soundtracks. Not surprised at all. Well, I, <laughs> I would not think that Shelby would screw anything up because she researched it so well. And that was, in fact, the case. What happened was, we made some kind of analogy where... One of the Disney soundtracks, I don't remember which one, like didn't win best original song because it got stacked up against My Heart Will Go On. Mm-hmm. And you made the analogy of like, oh, this was like the time that The Godfather won no Oscars or, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that whatever you said was not factual. Quinn pointed out that Marlon Brando actually won best actor for The Godfather, I think is was the correction. Now, I want to defend this. I don't remember at all 
exactly what I said, but I do remember making a comment like this. I think it was intended to be like an example of a case where a great movie is snubbed in favor of a lesser film. Marlon Brando, if I'm getting this right, I think he pretty famously won Best Actor for The Godfather, but then sent a fake Native American woman in his place to accept the award because he was... He was claiming that the Academy was discriminating. He was trying to send some sort of message. So he sent what turned out to be a fake Native American woman to accept the award. And it was actually even more offensive than whatever the Academy had been doing anyway. That's my little, that's my little history lesson there. I'll take, I'll take the criticism from that, but I, I just, I don't want this to have dragged Shelby's episode down. Cause I think, I think I prefaced it enough. I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to wear this one. I, I don't, I'm not taking this. Yeah, well, why don't we just throw this? This will be our honorable mention then. If okay, you, yeah. I, I refuse to be the person who screwed up Shelby's perfect game. <laughs> All right, well then we'll just make that an honorable mention. How's that? That works. Okay, you're welcome, Shelby. There we go. All right, number not or uh, number ten now. <laughs> <laughs> number ten is pop songs with Cam. I, I, I've heard really uh, glowing reviews for this one. It seems like everyone that's listened to it has really enjoyed it. Yeah, myself included. We I, it was pointed out to me that we it would have been great if we could have included some Kesha on there. Probably oh. TikTok would have been the Interesting. one. Did am I remembering this incorrectly, or did we discuss Kesha at some point? I don't think we even talked Kesha. Really? Yeah. Was some okay? Then TikTok came up to me too. Then I don't know who said it to me because TikTok also came up. To I think me. It, I think Quinn pro- texted both of us. Is probably how this that might have been it. You so, know what? You're right. It was because the moment he texted it, I think you and I both like slapped ourselves in the head and said, "Damn, we missed the, we missed that opportunity there." Yeah, I think I don't know where we would have slotted it in, but the fact that we didn't even discuss Kesha is a mistake. Well, the thing is, TikTok is not even her most cringeworthy song. I don't remember what it is, but she had like three songs that were popular for a time, and TikTok is like high quality compared to the other ones. I strongly uh, disagree, if, at least when it comes to Timber. I think Timber is one of the greatest uh, dance anthems maybe ever created. That's actually a fantastic song. I love Timber. It's going yeah, it's down. Great. Yeah, it is. You better move. <laughs> yeah. I'm Googling Kesha now to see. Don't forget Take the dollar off, sign. Die young, blah, blah, blah. What's the song? At the we bo- are who we are. That's oh. a terrible song. What about the one about the dive bar? It's a place dive downtown bar? where the freaks all gather Freaks around. all come around. Yeah. What is that It's song? a hole in the wall. It's a dirty free for all. It's a dirty free for all. Yeah, I remember this. Do you remember all the stories about Kesha apparently has, like, a genius-level IQ? Yeah, she's, like, uh, she's like Alice Cooper-style, like, really... Is Alice Cooper really smart? Oh, yeah, he's he's fucking brilliant. And so I, is Luke Dunphy from uh, Modern Family. Really? He's a member of Mensa, I believe. Mensa? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun top ten. <laughs> Celebrities you didn't know were geniuses. Alice Cooper is number one on my list now. I had no idea. Never would have guessed. Him and uh, Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson has like a doctorate that in I know. engineering. <laughs> I remember we looked that up. It was like the University of Sheffield or something. It's a prestigious... It's like, like Oxford. Like Yeah, he's really smart. I remember we found that out. That I, I enjoyed. Yeah, that's a good one. Ooh, Alice Cooper, though. That's good. Yeah, that's All a- right. Kesha. <laughs> that was number ten. 
Yeah. Number nine was our, our Top Screws episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you saw this movie in time for the episode, so oh boy, should have you should have mentioned it. I saw it on a plane the other day, which was the perfect place to see it. <laughs> oh, uh, I was really I was surprised at how much I actually didn't hate Aquaman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay, I thought you were gonna say uh, Bad Times at the or whatever the hell the movie's called. You Al Royale. You mentioned the Al Royale because I was gonna say I thought I had mentioned it, um, but you you said it the other day. Yeah, Aquaman was good. I we didn't talk about Aquaman. I don't think we did. It, That's surprising. I thought it was good. I I thought the visual effects were were quite bad, but I thought that the like the the design was good, yes. but the effects were bad. The the most glowing endorsement a movie like this could possibly receive is Aaron saw it. Yeah. She, she typically doesn't really care for this genre. And she said, you know what? I really didn't hate seeing that. And I think, yeah. I think part of it was because the character design was so great. Like the different, uh, like hybrid kind of human totally. undersea creature type characters. It's, I, I admire a movie that, that has a vision and sticks to it. And this movie did. It was cool. It had a different kind of take on what the aesthetic should be and. I thought it stuck with it the whole time in a way that I appreciated. Yeah, it also had a great um, soundtrack. If you go back to it, it's really good. I don't remember it having a great soundtrack, but I'm not surprised. I was a good movie. It wasn't yeah, bad. It was fine. Jason Momoa is just he's he's great. I love watching him. Yeah, he's real good to look at. Oh, good lord, yeah. All right, this one was going to be an honorable mention, but I'm going to slot it in here because we just moved Shelby's. Mm-hmm. This one was our 2018 albums. Our um, our crowdsourced list, which yes. I don't think anyone screwed up on it. I just, I mentioned on, this is more of like a follow-up on the podcast. I mentioned that I wanted to follow up with a friend of the pod, Cody, because he's like the biggest panic of the disco fan. I know. And mm. I wanted to get his thoughts on the new panic album. Yeah. See, and I, I wrote down what he said, he said he was very impressed with the new album because of his continued use of so many varying instruments. But he he he's, he seems to think that this album was churned out a little. He's churning out music a little too quickly, and he's having a hard time differentiating between a lot of his music nowadays. So in general, I think a very positive review from Cody uh, still, and I will say that I have enjoyed the Panic at the Disco album quite a bit. Yeah, uh, so I'm finding it interesting. I keep hearing songs that I'm realizing are Panic at the Disco that yeah. have come out recently. Is it weird? Is it? Wrong to say that the sound has changed a lot? Uh, I think it's changed enough. It's definitely okay. more poppy than it used to be. It's less weird. It seems way more poppy, but I guess I just don't know the old stuff well enough. But, like, High Hope seems like a really... Very anthem kind of... Like a very poppy song. It's good. I like it. Oh, yeah. It, hmm. Same with uh, Saturday, what is it, Saturday or Saturday yeah, Night? Yeah, Say Amen, Saturday Night, High Hopes, Hey Look My, Made It. There's also, yeah. they do a cover of, um, there's an all, like, it's a cover album, or various artists cover the soundtrack to the uh, that Hugh Jackman movie about uh, the circus. Greatest oh, show. Oh, that's cool. And the high, or, uh, Panic at the Disco covers, like, the, the opening title track, and it's great. They're the perfect band to do that cover so they're having a a banger of a year right now good for them yeah really good for them Hmm. uh all right that was number eight which brings us to everyone's favorite segment Mm -hmm. kevin 
Play that stanky beat. Damn it, Kevin, you screwed up the music. It's fitting for the for an episode about things we've screwed up. Kevin usually does his job well, but of all weeks, he screwed this one up. Yeah. You'll see nowhere on this list uh, a, a screw up by Kevin. He is as nowhere. solid as they come. He does he does wonderful work every damn week. Yeah, and does he enjoy what he does? <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I actually would love to see a, a Kevin McCloud office soundtrack guy. That would actually be kind of fun. We'll look into that. Yep. Let's we'll get the, our social people on that. Let's get the R&D boys on that. Yeah. So for he, for this one, I picked three things that we omitted from our not top three lists. Okay. Oh, I, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So for our Mythbusters episode, we mm. failed to mention the brown note myth, which is... Wait. What, we didn't? I think I knew we didn't mention this because I I think I remember this being so remarkable. Like, I think after the episode, I think we might have all looked at each other and been like, wait a second, did we not say brown note? I think we excluded it. And that is, I mean, like, that's ha- insane. Had it worked, it would have been one of the best myths ever. But I, and I think if I remember correctly yeah. about the episode, we for the not top three, we just picked episodes or our myths that were just preposterous and like insulted Mikey Mike's sensibilities. <laughs> and I think the brown note kind of fits that. Where if it yeah. had worked, it would have been amazing. But yeah. instead, it was just Adam wearing a diaper, which was great. For those, I, but I, I think I remember us commenting though on the improbability of the three of us having a goofy weekend of watching ridiculous movies. Hold up in Mikey Mike's apartment, farting on each other, and not discussing the brown note. It's stunning. It's really yeah. an upset. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, the brown note was a myth that the just the right frequency of sound could be played such that it would force a person to poop their pants. Yeah. And soil the idea themselves. being like everything, ha- what's it called? The resonant frequency, yeah. I think, is, is like your every. Bubble. Yeah, every material has like a frequency at which it vibrates like the perfect way. Yeah. And the idea would be that if you hit the resonant frequency of a person's intestines, it would just force out a poop. Did not work. I could not get it to work, unfortunately. No. No. For our old readable books podcast, mm-hmm. Quinn pointed out that we missed The Prince by Machiavelli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Not one of my favorites, but that is one that a lot of people still read. Yes, that's true. And a good friend of the pod, and not yet guest of the pod, it'll be re- rectified soon, I hope, uh, Claire pointed out that we missed Mysteries of Udolfo, which I have yeah, not that, read. I, I did read that one. That was a good, that's a good addition. She, am I, she also kind of gave us a, a little bit of a talking to about um, some of our Jane Austen stuff. Well, we'll get to it, because... She let us. She let us know we missed several on that one that are actually good to go back and read. So we'll talk about that later. Yes. Okay. The last one. And this is the shocking. We, when we talked about the uh, best and worst people to have for a dinner party uh, from the Thrones universe. Ah, uh, yes, we did screw this one up a bit in both ways. We missed a couple on the top that we'll get to later. But mm-hmm. the most obvious person to put on the not top three would be. Walter Frey, the guy who invites people over for dinner, gives them bread and salt, and then murders them at their own yeah. wedding. Like he, it's such an obvious not top one that I, it's stunning that it, it didn't occur to us. 
that was foolishness. That was foolishness, especially as somebody who I, I respect guest right above all else. Like the moment you enter my house, you are protected. Yes. If you are allergic to my cats, I put them away. You do. That's, that's true. And I love my cats. My cats take primacy over pretty much everything else, but I put them away because I respect guest right. You're a very good host, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Walter Frey is not. He's terrible. He's among yeah. the worst. So that brings us back to number seven. Mm-hmm. Number seven, this is great. This is one of our first episodes that Alex uh, hosted with us, the facial hair episode. And oh, wow. Somebody went back to that one. Yeah. So uh, our good friend from school, Tony, mm-hmm. Tone Locke, as you like to call him, mm-hmm. he was like, I think outraged is probably the only proper way to uh, explain his reaction. <laughs> he was outraged that we missed like the the Groucho Marx, like, disguise mustache. So, you know, like, when people wear... Oh, that's a good one. We know when... So, if you don't know, like, the... Groucho Marx was a a comedian, and he was Mm -hmm. very famously had, like, this big mustache and wore these glasses that you would recognize because when you see people wearing the silly, like, disguise with the glasses and the big fake nose and the mustache on it, that's actually modeled after a real person. And... So, like, it's arguably one of the most famous facial stylings of all time. And it appeared in every 90s sitcom. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you probably owned, like, several pairs, like, cheap pairs of these when you were a kid at some point. Like, it's a really, really famous uh, mustache. And we didn't talk about it. Wow. Tone is right on with that one. Yeah, that's a snipe. That's a, that is a... As he would say, sir! Yeah, sir! (laughs) Yeah. Total miss. Yeah, a total whiff. So thank you, yeah. Tony. Thank you, Tony, for going back and listening to that episode. Yeah, that's, that's very flattering. Yeah. Mostly to Alex, but nonetheless. Yeah. And we're, we're going to try to have Tony on the on the podcast soon here, so we'll have more of his, his outrage, I'm sure. Top 10 most ridiculous goals Kyle's ever scored in FIFA. Every goal I've ever scored was utter bullshit. <laughs> Complete bullshit. Top 10 greatest saves ever made by... Tim Howard. <laughs> Top 10 best Team USA goalies in FIFA history. Freddie Adu. Number three, <laughs> Freddie Adu. Uh, I missed that. All right. Uh, that was that. Next, we have uh, dumb sports rules. Mm-hmm. We got uh, we got schooled by our good friend, Nate. Oh, you're right. We did. He took us. He took us to school, which I really enjoyed. Like being scolded by Nate was a real honor. Yeah, he started off with a real, uh, a real easy one. He said, "Hey, one thing I got, think you guys might have missed was it's really weird that in um, collegiate basketball you play halves, and in professional basketball you play quarters. What's up with that? That's a dumb sports rule with yep. seemingly no real explanation." Mm-hmm. But then he absolutely shattered us with the our uh, take of the jump ball being a. I think we so we said the jump ball is really stupid rule, and our our reasoning was like, or not that the jump ball was a dumb rule, but that in college there's like a possession arrow where you just mm-hmm. skip the jump ball and you give the ball to like alternating teams every time you need to do that. Yep. We said that was dumb. You should have to jump for it, and he said. So I actually wrote this down because. I think it was so funny. We he texted us this like, "Hey, um, you know, this is where I think you guys, this rule, I think you guys were wrong." And one of us said something like, "Oh, we were confused." 
<laughs> are we we asked like oh were we confused about like the nature of the rule yeah so, like thinking we yeah, had misunderstood that was, we it. thought we had screwed up exactly how it operates. he said he said no i don't think you were confused i think you're just wrong <laughs> <laughs> which i love so much he's a man he's a he's a kind man and i'm also a man of his convictions oh he was totally right so basically yeah. he was saying like what the jump ball does is it picks a completely arbitrary physical attribute of one team and just decides to give the ball to that team. So whichever team has the taller guy is going to get the ball back, regardless of if they deserve possession or not. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you might as well, you know, give the ball to the team who has the heaviest player. Yeah. And and he agreed with us that maybe just arbitrarily picking a team, like alternating, isn't the best system, but it's a better system than just doing it based on height. And he suggested there should be a game of knockout between coaching staffs. And whoever wins that game, their team gets the ball back. I like that so much. I also, I want to say he may have mentioned, or you and I may have talked about later, that the college rule incentivizes people going for loose balls more, whereas the professional rule would de-incentivize, or I guess disincentivize, the shorter players from trying to dig for a ball. Yeah. Yep. Cause I, cause I believe the rule is that if you, it is that if you are the one who ties up the ball, you have to take the tip. So it means that like point guards aren't going to try to dig for loose balls, which is not good because it limits the action. Right. 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 Yeah. Thank you, Nate. That, yeah. Nate's the best. Hey, congratulations, Dr. Nate and yeah. soon to be married Nate. Nate is everything is coming up. Nate's is Nate is on a world class heater right now. He is on a heater. He's also just, he's just a good doobie. Oh, he's a really good doobie. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a, mm-hmm. well, maybe not right this moment, but when I saw him a couple months ago to ski, he was rocking like the most beautiful, lustrous beard, I, which I was, really? which was stunning because he didn't rock, he didn't uh, style that in school. But if you have the opportunity to see uh, Nate with a beard, I highly recommend it. It's very good. I didn't even know he could grow a beard. He'd look great as a doctor with a beard. Or a doctor without a beard. He so he's also got true. he's got a lot going for him. Hmm. Alright. Good work, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Alright. Up next, number five, our dinner party of thrones. So yeah. a couple that we just kind of missed and like would have made it on the list, um, or maybe as an honorable mention, were the blackfish. <laughs> he would have been He's a classic crazy uncle. He would have been a riot at a dinner party. Yeah. Especially if he had like dillweed cousins who needed to be taken down a peg. Yeah, he would like not hesitate to call someone out if they were wrong about like something they said yeah. in a story or they did a poor job lighting the candles. <laughs> <laughs> he would just take take the matches from you and light them. <laughs> just don't even say a word. Snatch them out of your hand. <laughs> The, the other one was Elena. She's mm. maybe maybe a, even a better pick than Marjorie for yeah. just being a, a a great dinner guest. I also I want to just note I don't I'm re-listening to the books. I don't know if they do it enough in the show. I think they talk about it a little bit, but she's big into fart humor really? in the books. Yeah, like big into fart humor, which I think makes her even more appealing. She's just like doesn't. That's very good, the characterization, because she just, like, doesn't play the same games. I mean, she is, like, a masterful player of the Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. but, like, doesn't give a shit about etiquette, which is great. Yeah, Yeah. big into it. The one that we really whiffed on, so both 
Aaron and my sister Aaron and Quinn pointed this out, and they thought that we were heading towards this character as number one. And in retrospect, I don't know how we managed to not include him even on the list or in our honorable mentions was Samuel Tarley because Sam is an amazing <sighs> dinner guest. It's a big mistake. He also, as the show, uh, spoiler alert, really solidifies is the the writer. He's he's the person who writes these stories. Well, uh, which that's I think a lot of people had an issue with that was that he didn't actually. Write oh, I guess it, you're right. They didn't in the show. Which was annoying. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. You're right. See, that's now I'm, I'm pissed again. I don't want to talk about it. At any rate, he's a, he's a guy with. Deep knowledge about everything there is to know about, but not a guy who's gonna be a prick about it. Like the, I think it's Justin is the, is Leslie's boyfriend on Parks and Rec who's a really annoying dinner guest because he won't shut up about all the things he's seen and done. Like Sam has seen and done all of those things, but doesn't need to tell you about it. He's like probably not gonna tell you about it unless you ask him about it. Yeah. But Quinn also pointed out that he probably brings his like own homemade mead and Mm. it like somehow isn't douchey or just like really interested in this hobby that he has and are excited to try some of his mead. So right. Yeah. So, Oh man, I like that a lot. That's a great image. He's sort of a Friar Tuckish kind of character. Yeah. You can see him as like brewing his own. Oh, yep. I really like that. That we fucked up on that one. Yeah. We really, we really messed up. That brings us to number four, which was our old readable books podcast. Yes, thanks to Claire for some great additions here. Yeah, so Claire let us know that she, in general, agreed with our assertions about Jane Austen, but she would also add Sense and Sensibility to the list. Yep. And Northanger Abbey, neither of which yeah. I have read. I've read Sense and Sensibility. I have not read Northanger Abbey, but... Um... I I think I think she's on the right track. I think what I was trying to do was make a list that wasn't all Jane Austen and trying to make a point that I think that there are legitimate criticisms of her as a like an author for a wide audience. And so I picked one that I thought represented like the readable version of her. But I see where Claire's coming from and I think she's probably right that there is more readable Jane Austen than people even think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She also mentioned The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. That was an enormous oversight. That's an exceptionally readable book. Uh, and worth noting um, that J.K. Rowling used that as an inspiration for how she manifested Voldemort's descent into evil. That the book is about, if people don't know, it's about a guy who basically sells his soul to stay youthful. But there's a portrait of him that's in his attic that over time starts to look worse and worse and reflect the damage being done to his soul. And it kind of drives him crazy seeing the, what's actually happening to him, even though his face continues to look youthful in person. And that's the Voldemort story in miniature. It's really cool. Wow. I need to read that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a great one. So that's a, that's a huge oversight. Good pick. Last one she had was Sister Carrie by Theodore Dreiser. Or Dreiser? I don't know. Mm, don't know that one. Well, there you have it. But I, I trust I trust yeah. Claire implicitly, so. I really like getting emails from Claire. She's She is sharp as a damn tack. Yeah. And just a great a great doobie. Uh okay. Then Quinn uh mentioned Red Badge of Courage, which I have not read. Nor have I, but I know a lot of people did. Yeah. 
And dear friend of the pod, Emma, pointed out to us that she, she was so polite about it. He was like, I might have been a little bit confused about the the rules of your list, but you guys spent a really long time talking about how unreadable Moby Dick is. Yeah. And then put it at like number two or three on a list of readable books. And I think we just were playing favorites with that one. I think we were playing favorites a little bit, but I also think we were trying to make a point that I don't think we made all that well. The point I think was that it's super unreadable in the, in a certain context, which is like being forced to hammer your way through it for a test. Yeah. And is super interesting and readable when read purely piecemeal and for pleasure. Yeah. So I think, I think we should have emphasized that more. Like it's, it's just a book that's not readable at all when being rammed through your brain, but which is shockingly and pleasantly readable when, you know, you kind of do it of your own volition. That's fair. Yeah. All right. She's right. We didn't, we did not (laughs) in the context of that list. We really kind of hammered that in there. Yeah. We're going to skip honorable mentions because we already talked about Disney soundtracks. Mm-hmm. We're going to go right to number three, which was If You Liked Top Ten. So yep. we just had a lot of suggestions for other podcasts that we might like. Um, oh, good. And that our, our listeners might also like. Uh, Cam <laughs> Cam loves this podcast. It's called Your Mom's House. It's uh, Tom Segura and his wife, and it's just a comedy podcast. Yep. It's not My cousin for- Jeremy was listening to that a lot uh, on the, our recent vacation. It's not for everybody. It's it's rather crass. But if you like that kind of thing, it's really fucking funny. And I, I it's the kind of thing you don't really need to pay attention to. So I listen to it a lot at work. It's a good good thing to have on kind of in the background at work. They have this thing where they, they just like make fun of people on YouTube, like really douchey or annoying people. And they've got this like like very uh like talk radio y like or the guy from uh, Parks and Rec, the <laughs> me so horny, like just a, a track <laughs> yeah. they play that goes China Joe. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a track that goes. Here's a cool guy. <laughs> That's awesome. I play in my head whenever I see a guy that I think is kind of a douche. Mm-hmm. My friend uh, Ryan from work uh, told us about a podcast called Lore. Which I have not listened to, but he was explaining it's just kind of like a an exploration of some kind of different kind of of lore um, every week. And he says sometimes it's just like in the form of a scary story or like just like a, a research piece, but it sounds really interesting. Quinn gave us a whole list of things to listen to. Trained, which I believe he said was some kind of like exercise or training type uh, podcast. Yes, it was. I remember him mentioning that. Tides of History. Which sounds like a history podcast. I think he mentioned yeah. that if you liked like hardcore history or something like that. Mm-hmm. Doctor Death. I don't know what that one is. That rings a bell. I remember him mentioning that, but I don't remember what that one was about. Thirty for Thirty, which um, obviously the ESPN podcast, American Scandal. Yeah, that I heard about. Fifty Things That Made the Modern Economy. That one I really like. I've been listening to it. Ten minute podcasts about. Something that influences the way that our modern economy works, be it bicycles or the one they just put up the other day was pornography. So there's also, it's a, it's a very wide range of things and some things you might not have considered. So that's mm-hmm. a, a really, really cool one. One that you told me about 
that I've listened to and really loved. Erin just listened to it. She loved it. Bear Brook. If you like, I was going to say, I think Caroline, I think Caroline told me about the existence of this based on this episode. Like she said, Oh, I heard that about this podcast or something like that. Great. It's like six episodes. It's really good. Bear Brook. That's as good as true crime comes. And it is a minor spoiler to tell you that if you're a stickler about, you know, resolving your true crime podcasts, you will be very satisfied. This has a beginning, a middle, and an end, all of which are satisfying. Yes, they are. And one that I have started listening to since we did that podcast is Merriam-Webster's Word of the Day podcast. It's it's usually like a minute, and it's just a word every day. And uh, our good friend Peter Sokolowski tells us the definition of the word, the, the part of speech it is. He uses it in a sentence. And then most interestingly... He goes into the etymology of it, which I find absolutely fascinating. I've been keeping track of all these words of the day. <laughs> I put together a little, like, my dad loves words and stuff like this. So I made a mm-hmm. spreadsheet with all of the words of the day for, like, April. And it's like I match them up with all the definitions, and they're scrambled. And it's a spreadsheet, and, like, I sent it to him, and he could see how many he knew or whatever. I might see. I'll talk to our our our, uh, our social media maven and see if that's something we might be able to make just available to our listenership that would be awesome it's just a cool way to learn some new words i've learned a bunch of cool words uh from this podcast it's literally a minute a day we might even do a a, maybe at the end of the year i'll do like a top 10 words of the year or something based on this podcast or something it's actually that's a great idea i like that a lot it's awesome and some of the words you know already like you know but it's and even the words you do know already it's like oh cool now i know the origin of it, or I know. Yeah, it. it's still cool to hear where it comes from. I, I really, really like. I recommend that to anybody. It's cool. All right, number two, our Christmas movies podcast. This was contentious. Yeah, we did get a lot of feedback on this one. So first off, Tatum was really mad at us. We put both Christmas with the Cranks and Jack Frost in our not top three. <laughs> she was pretty pissed about that. She was like, she like te- I think she texted us while she was listening, and she was listening to the not top three. It was like I might not even finish this podcast. <laughs> you guys are such jerks. <laughs> but it's just it just goes to show that no matter what movie it is, like there's depending on when you see it or what your particular tastes are, every movie has value in some sense or another. And these are hundred percent. Just- and Christmas movies are particularly loaded with individual feeling and yes. context. Like I think. Movies about, you know, uh, historical figures, like, you're gonna watch that and you're not gonna have the same emotional attachment and context that you'll have about a Christmas movie. So people will generally agree about Lincoln. But, like, <laughs> but people don't feel that same way about this because one person watched it, like, alone in a movie theater and another has seen it every year with their family and just has a rosy glow around it. So. Right. Precisely. All that is to say, Tatum, your movies suck. You just like them because you like your family. It's nice. It's cute. That's what I'm hearing. I'm glad you like your family. This one, we just fucked this up. Like, this is not, like, we are right to put it high on the list, but we just, we called it Miracle on 31st Street, or I did. Mm. It's actually Miracle on 34th. Yeah. Um, Claire was the first to point this out. She pointed out that 34th is where the actual store is located, so it's very important to get that right. I really enjoyed that bit of context. Yeah. Because uh, I was aware of the name of the film, but didn't know that it, like, so specifically pointed to something, so I really liked that. Yeah, and 
after that, Allegis and I watched the remake with the little girl from Matilda in it. Fantastic. And I gotta say, I'm probably gonna watch it again next year. It was such a treat. And you know who plays Santa Claus? Who? Our boy Richard Attenborough. Oh, yeah. It's a charming-ass movie, and it's one of those ones that's completely guileless. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't mess with you. It just gives you a straight-up nice story, and yes, it sort of... It obviously takes the... what's Like, it puts the cynical point of view versus the innocent point of view, but it it sides on the innocent point of view and it has no shame about it and it's really nice. It's I like nice it. we've talked about it. It's there's not enough nice movies made anymore. It's a nice movie. It's really really nice. And she was yeah. at the time I don't remember the actress's name. She's at her peak yeah. of her cuteness powers, yeah. especially because her character is a very well-read and well-spoken little girl. It's yeah. the cute is off the charts. Off the charts. This one uh also from Claire. So we kind of lamented the fact that we didn't have like a a definitive film version of A Christmas Carol. We kind of settled oh, on the Muppets. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Claire pointed out that her favorite is the Alistair Sim version of it. It's like, a, I think it was a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finds it to be the closest adaptation. So there's that. Yep. Mm-hmm. My cousin Andrew, <laughs> he's, he pointed, his, one of his favorites is a film called Santa's Sleigh, spelled S-L-A-Y, which is like, <laughs> Kind of like a, a like a slasher kind of horror Christmas film. <laughs> Fantastic. Which, if you know Andrew, this is exactly the kind of film you'd expect him to be watching on Christmas. So mm-hmm. thank you, Andrew, for that genre flick. This Christmas, our family watched Daddy's Home 2, which I did not have high hopes for. And it's, it, I, they were not, my expectations were largely fulfilled. It was not that great, but it does have some redeeming qualities. And it is a Christmas movie, so I thought I'd mention it. Dear friend of the pod, Shelby's fiance, Gorov, has the most hilarious track record of uh, film watching, maybe in the history of the universe. <laughs> like, the stuff he likes and the stuff he doesn't like is just, it's an incredibly inconsistent and random and hilarious list. And he loved Daddy's Home too, in spite of not having seen Daddy's Home. That, is, also, that is stunning. It's stunning. Also, in spite of being like a sophisticated Brit with an Ivy League degree, it's just nothing about the f- <laughs> nothing about him would possibly indicate a guy who loves Daddy's Home too. The biggest indicator that he wouldn't like Daddy's Home too, he didn't see Daddy's Home. Like it's just it's really stunning stuff. Wild. I would Wild love to stuff. get. I would love to get Gorov on here just to talk about. Like, movies that he loves that are terrible. Yeah, I would just love to get, like, a list of ten... I, we didn't have the top ten, just, like, ten movies he's seen. <laughs> it's just, like, what are the last ten movies G-Money has seen? Let's get that. Yeah, that's good. I think that's actually not a bad idea. Last... So, a uh, good friend of the pod, you know her from her Eggs podcast and her Spices podcast. Sarah has uh, been dating a very lovely fellow by the name of David... And uh, the first time that I met him, we met for breakfast, and he just took me to school on <laughs> why I, on uh, my incorrect take in his opinion that Die Hard is not a Christmas film. Mm. He was really angry, uh, and he pointed out that probably what he takes to the bank most uh, in classifying Die Hard as a Christmas film is that the entire score of the movie is like Christmas songs, like classically performed Christmas songs. 
and I do watch it every year at Christmas. So I, I guess by our own rules, like it, it probably should be considered a Christmas movie. This was a classic cake and eating it too situation. We were yeah. we were trying to make all the rules and break them at our yeah. um, leisure. And the last one, this is not our mistake. I, I'm just going to go ahead and call Emma out. A uh, good friend of the pod. She texted us and, and to her credit, admitted she was like, she was like, she felt bad about it, I think, but her whole family watched A Christmas Story and like none of them had seen it before somehow. I do remember this. And she admitted to like that none of them really liked it and like didn't get the hype. And I, I just don't get that. Like I think like what we, we just said this about Christmas with the Cranks. Like it all, it all depends on context. And I just like don't understand. Like I don't know what scenario you could watch a Christmas story and not love it. Especially as a gigantic Midwestern family that loves all things yeah. that are like togetherness and holidays. And it's just, it's, it's nigh on impossible for me to picture Emma's clan together watching that and not being totally in on it. I was stunned by it. It took me aback. So I just, it, 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 I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah. But all right. That was number two. A lot of problems with our Christmas movies podcast. Mm-hmm. The last one is the most egregious mistake ever made on this podcast. <laughs> Whoa! And it's it's because it's just it all it, it was. <laughs> so many of you probably remember our Autumn Activities podcast. Mm. On that podcast, I incorrectly asserted <laughs> that Australian summer. Oh God. Occurs at the same time as our summer. It's just Please colder. Don't, I can't, I still don't. I yeah. I'm still confused. I then on mistakes podcast three, <laughs> thinking I was correct, just repeated the same thing that I had said the first time. And so I, I was, and it was like I think it was number one on our on that podcast. Like this is the most yeah. the worst mistake I've ever made because I lived there, and like. So, like, while I was correcting that mistake, I fucked it up again on a mistakes pod. Uh, I screwed it up again. Uh, Quinn texted me immediately. He demanded my resignation from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of people uh, call me and, or text me and tell me uh, what an idiot I was. It was very shameful. All right. So, can we pause for one second? I'm, I Googled it. I have it right here. Okay. So, you're going to just – you're just going to state – some stuff. Quote from Google. Okay. In Australia, okay. the seasons are defined by grouping the calendar months in the following way. Spring, okay. the three transition months, September, October, and November. Summer, the three hottest months, December, January, and February. Autumn, the transition months, March, April, and May. By process of elimination, we understand that winter would be June, July, and August. Okay, so so remind me, you claimed originally, and then you reclaimed in the mistakes pod that they had a cold summer, basically. I so I correctly stated that their cold their coldest months coincide with our warmest months. But incorrectly stated that that was classified as summer for them. That yeah. they just had cold summers. Right. Okay. When, when in, in reality, fact, their, they sum- just, their they summer just is also their hot. Seasons. Yeah, their they summer is flip- also hot. It just happens in December, January, and February. Okay. 
All right. It's not that hard. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not that confusing, especially for someone. It's it's just a naming thing. All this is is naming. Yeah. So, shame on me. I I remember right after this happened, I was in a car ride with Aaron and Allegis, and we were listening to the Mistakes Pod because they hadn't heard it yet. And they were like listening to it, and they're like, wait, are you sure? I wasn't going to say anything. And they were like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure that's not right again. Like, I think you actually just. I think you just got it wrong again, and I had to own up to yeah. it. A lot of people told me I was wrong on this one. It's definitely, it's easily the largest mistake I've ever made on this yeah. podcast. I would like listeners of the Mistakes Pod to talk about toilets flushing too. Like, I, I need some explanation on if that's real. Get get into the Australia stuff. That's what I want to know more. I about. will never. I'm not touching Australia ever again on this podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's we will it. not be discussing Tasmanian devils, which I think are not even. They're from Tasmania, which Tasmania, maybe is New Zealand. Tasmania so. is a state of Australia. All right, perfect. So we're not going to talk about Tasmanian devils, no wallabies, nothing. Stay tuned for Mistakes Episode 5, in which I tell you where Tasmania actually is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That's it. That's That's all the episodes that we screwed up since last time. Yeah, or so we think. Yeah, I'm sure there are some that we missed. Again, a huge thank you to those who took the time to A, listen to this podcast, and B, took the time to email or text or tweet or whatever at us to tell us where we disappointed you. Honestly, like when we get people texting us about an episode, it's like the best feeling there is. Like yeah. that's why we. It's a bummer when we do a podcast that no one texts us about it. Probably because it means that we did screw it up and it's just that no one cared to tell us what we did. So it's great when we hear from you. We love it. Please continue to do so. There will be another very full mistakes episode five coming up. For now, I think we need to recap. That's a lot of time we spent on this one. I would just say the not top three music you heard the intro music you heard the outro music you might even be hearing at this very moment that was Possibly. put together by kevin mcleod he's the best he's the bomb.com yep our artwork which is stunningly crafted that was aaron sant you can see more of her stuff at sant design on instagram yeah and speaking of things that are never mistaken our social media is run by the incomparable caroline labranti you can check out all of her stylings for this podcast top 10 km spelled out t-e-n on instagram twitter we got a facebook group if you want to tell us how we screwed stuff up if you want to send us suggestions or if you want to book yourself as a guest send us an email at top 10 km at gmail.com we would love to have you i know you're listening to this on some podcast app right now but if you want to check out another one we are on the apple podcast app stitcher spotify podbean pretty much wherever podcasts can be found i think that's about it dog i think you're totally right uh thank you michael for staying up for this one mike just got back from italy so he's very jet lagged and we are going to send him to bed yeah, uh, you, this is good. This is a this is a victory. I've beaten nine o'clock. This you did, is a major. You didn't w. even fall asleep once during this whole thing. I was I was shocked because you had fallen no. asleep right before we started. Right before, but I, I made it back. Good work, amigo. Ciao. I'll talk to you soon. Arrivederci. Peace.